Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm the lead pastor at Vintage Church. We're so grateful that you would take time to lean into a teaching from one of our weekend worship gatherings. Each week, one of our pastors opens the Word of God with a relevant message in the hopes that you are inspired to live and love like Jesus. We invite you now to open your heart and mind and lean into the Word of God. Good morning, Vintage. It's supposed to be the 10 o'clock gathering, so you guys have had... uh, You've been awake for a little while. You've worked out probably. You know, you're over, this is the overachiever group here. So you're kind of splitting the middle of the gatherings. And so uh, I'm excited to be here with you. I am extremely honored. My family and I are honored to be here. Can I tell you, when you look around this campus, you see the heart and the vision that God put inside of Matt Smith and Ashley so many years ago to, to come to, to this area and, um, and, and launch a church. And, and I can tell you, just being a few months into the church planning journey, that it is wild and it is wonderful at the same time. And uh, I caught, talked to a guy that I'm connected with kind of in the church planning realm. And I told him, I was like, y'all never told me that this was going to be like seven days a week. I was like, you know, three, four days a week I'm good with, but seven days a week, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about this. So, um, no, but I, I'm really honored to be here. I want to give a shout out to, to Matt Smith, this entire team. Can you show some love for this entire vintage team? Never get comfortable with this because what you have is special. This place is special. It's a life-giving church. You know, you, you just walk through the hallways in between gatherings, and, and I noticed that, um, you know, that there's people having conversations, and, um, you know, there's just really, really legit loving relationships here, and uh, it just feels like a good place to call home, doesn't it? So that's, that's a plug there. So you say yes, and that's, that's good. Okay, so I want to I wanna give a shout-out to my wife who's here. Uh, she's amazing. Uh, 17 years we've been married. She's put up with me. We've got three beautiful daughters who, uh, who are a part of this journey, too. It's not just Brad and Jen. Like, like they have to show up to interest parties. They have to help set up. They have, they have to be there seven days a week, too. So sometimes they're like, really, another interest party? It's like, yeah, another interest party. Go blow the balloons up. No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, but Lainey is our oldest. Kaylee's our middle daughter. And Riley is our baby. And we are really, really honored to be here. And I am excited to share the word with you. If you want some more information about Fresh Life, We've got a few of our team members here. Roger and Joan are here. I don't know if anybody else is here uh, from our team. They've kind of peppered in in different gatherings. So you can come out there to our table. There's stuff on that table for you. So if you go by there and you see a sticker, you see like a free coffee card, if you swipe one, like we're not going to be mad at you. Like that's why we put them out there. We want to just bless you and give you some free stuff. If you want to put it on your cup or if you don't, it's up to you. But it's there if you want to take it. So... Um, One more time, can we give Jesus a round of applause? He's the reason we're here. Jesus is the reason that any of this is possible. Jesus is the reason that we can gather here and uh, and worship the way that we've done. So I want to give him some honor. So let's go. I want to talk to you this morning about obstacles. I want to talk to you about obstacles. An obstacle is a thing that blocks one's way or prevents or hinders someone's growth or progress. Now, 
I know you may not believe it, but there are actual people, actual adults that will pay money to go and, and do these Spartan races. Anybody ever seen those? Like a color run, and they do all these, you know, all these obstacles, and there's like barbed wire, and there's, you know, there's mud, and there's, you know, walls that you have to scale and like pull each other over, and we feel really, really good about ourselves when we get done, and we ruin a pair of $100 shoes. It's wonderful. Like, we love it. You know, and we can't get enough of it. And what do we get when we do these things? We go through all these obstacles. We, we get like a T-shirt and pneumonia. You know, come on, somebody, anybody ever done one? We've got anybody, any color run people in here this morning? Okay, three people, awesome. And, um, and what did it cost us? What did it cost us to do these obstacles? It cost us $135 and a retina, right? You know, you've seen those pictures on social media of the people running through the color runs and the, the, the powder like hits people in the eyes. So you always have that guy, you know, at the end of the race that he's like, you know, standing there like this, you know, his eye he'll never see again. You know, he has one eye, you know, it's, it's terrible. But we love it and we pay money for it. And we want to go through these different obstacles, but that's not the obstacles I wanna to talk to you about today. The thing that I want to explain to you this morning is that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves every one of you, and he desires a relationship with you. As a matter of fact, he loves you so much that the Bible says that, that while you were still in your sin, that he went to the cross and gave his life for everybody in this room. That's how much he loves you. Look at the person next to you and say, he loves you. You got to talk this morning. I know it's 10 o'clock. You know, Pastor Matt's done giving me an alpha brain. I'm kind of jacked up. I'm a little bit wired right now. And so I'm, 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 I'm ready to go. But Jesus loves you and he wants a relationship with you this morning. And I want to talk to you about obstacles that prevent us from going further in our faith. How many of you know there's never been a time in our history where we have more access to the word? There are apps for, for Bibles. There's, there's apps for apps about the Bible. There's like sermon reels. There's um, all these different things. There's, there's podcasts. There's all these different resources. You can listen to anybody preach anything that you want around the world this morning on demand. Like you just click a button. There's so much word available out there for us. And I mean, you can get on uh, the, the Version Bible app and you can set a plan. And every morning at 6 a.m., if you're a morning person, anybody, any morning people in here? Obviously not. You're at a 10. Don't put your hand now. No, you're in the 10 o'clock service. <laughs> you're in the 10 o'clock service. <laughs> that was for the 8 o'clock people, 8.50. Um, but, but you can set it at 6 a.m. and, you know, wake you up and you can read through the Psalms and it'll send you notifications to tell you what you're not doing so you feel condemned when you don't read through the Psalms. Anybody, anybody with me today? But there's, there's so much availability of the Word. And so my question to the body of Christ today is this. If there's no shortage of the Word of God, which brings life, it's alive, it's living, it's breathing, then why are we continually dealing with some of the same things that we've always dealt with? As a church leader and a pastor, my heart is to see the body of Christ grow, to see the roots of the believer go deep, to, to have spiritual formation, to have maturity, to grow in Christ. That's my heart. And it's the same heart that Paul had for the church at Ephesus. And I want to read that to you in, in Ephesians 3, uh, beginning at verse 14. He says this. He says, when I think of the wisdom and the scope of his plan... 
I fall down on my knees and I pray to the Father of all the great family of God. Some of them already in heaven and some of them down here on earth. That out of his glorious unlimited resources, he will give you the mighty inner strengthening of the Holy Spirit. And I pray, this is, this is my prayer, and I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts, living within you as you trust him. And this is what he says. He says, may your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love that you may be able to feel and understand as all God's children should, how long, how wide, how deep, and how high his love really is. And then check this out. He says, and to experience this love for yourselves, though it is so great, it is so great that you'll never see the end of it or fully know or understand it. That is the love of God. That is the love that while we were still in our sin would send Jesus to the cross, that he would lay down his life so that a group of people can meet here at Venice Church on this day at this moment so that you could experience him in his fullness. That's the love. And then he says this, and so that at last you'll be filled up with God himself. That's the goal. Is to be filled up with God, not so that we can boast, but so that we can be transformed and be like Jesus. Amen? Is that okay? Well, where does faith come from? The, the ESV actually says in this passage where it says that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts. The ESV says it this way. It says that Christ would dwell in your hearts through faith. Through faith. Where does faith come from? Romans 10, 17 says this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Okay? So if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word and there's no shortage of the word this morning, then everybody in here's faith should be strong. We should be growing. We should all be out feeding the homeless this morning instead of being in here. We should be victorious. We should be growing. We should be maturing. And we should be out doing what Jesus called us to do, right? But if not, then maybe, just maybe, there's some obstacles that are preventing us and preventing Jesus from being more and more at home in our hearts. So I wanna share a story, a parable that Jesus shares in, in the book of Luke chapter eight, and uh, it'll be on the screens. And I'm gonna read just four verses to you, and then I wanna kinda unpack this a little bit this morning. Luke eight, four through eight, it says this. This is called the parable, in most of your Bibles, it'll say the parable of the sower. I kinda old school, I like to use the parable of the soils because that's what it's about. It's about four different types of soil. So let's read this together. It says, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and it was trampled on and the birds ate it. Some fell along rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. And then other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it, and then it choked the plant. Still others fell on good soil, and it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. And then he said this, and then he called out, and he said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. You see, Jesus came to earth to bring a kingdom. That's why it's awesome that, that Matt Smith can, can uh, kind of promote a church that's being planted in Archdale is because it's about a kingdom. 
It's not about an individual. It's not about a personality. It's about a kingdom. And Jesus came to earth to offer a kingdom. And when the king is rejected, the offer is withdrawn. And Jesus, we find Jesus going to the cross. And what he does is he takes the promise of the kingdom with him until one day when he returns and Jesus is coming back. Amen, church, this morning. He's coming again until that time. The Bible says that he restricts his reign on earth to the small field of the human heart. Now, I don't know about you, but the human heart is very complex. There's a lot going on here. Look at, matter of fact, look at your neighbor and, and just put your hand on your heart like this. Like we're going to say the pledge. Do, do that. Look at your neighbor and say, I just need you to know there's a lot going on here, okay? All right, good. We're at a good place this morning. It's no easy field to cultivate, right? It's hard, it's rocky, it's dry, it's dusty, it's full of weeds, and it's extremely vulnerable. But that's where Jesus confines his kingdom to this small place of a human heart. You see, this parable is so interesting to me. It's about a farmer who sows seed and the seed falls on four different types of soil. Now, I need, to, need you to understand something, that, that the difference is never in the seed. The seed never changes. The difference in the story is the place where the seed lands. The place where the seed lands is where the power happens. You see, a lot of people, you hear a lot of investors talking these days. Um, they talk about ROI or return on investment. And as we read this story, really the return on investment of this seed in this story, in this parable, is only 25%. It's not very good odds this morning. But what if I told you that, that everybody that's hearing this word this morning only had a 25% chance of this word transforming your life. How would that make you feel? Would it cause you to slide up on the edge of your seat? Would it cause you to lean in? Would it cause you to pull out your phone and open the notes and jot down some things? Wives, what if... What if I told you that all the conversations you have with your husband, he was only going to hear 25% of them? <laughs> Something wise like, I'd take that, you know, right now, you know, right now I ain't getting by 10, okay? So <laughs> I'll take the 25. <laughs> no arguing till after church, okay? Husbands, think about it. If that was our listening pattern in our relationships, how much would we be missing? I mean, your wife, your spouse, your, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, they, they, they are a, a deep well that needs to be discovered. There's things that y'all are going to talk about, things that y'all are going to discover together. And if that was our listening pattern, what would our relationships look like? Right? So the return on investment in this story is not promising. But Jesus tells this parable, and a parable is a spiritual truth surrounded by an earthly story. It's a drawing of a curtain to where Jesus is inviting people into a space. 
He's inviting people in to, to hear something. That's why he always says, those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Lord is saying. But see, in parables, there's always a key in a parable. And if you miss the key, you miss the parable altogether. So I want you to think for a moment, all the people that heard this story when Jesus shared this parable, and think about the potential people that were in the crowd and how they must have heard this story without the key to the parable. Could have been the farmer. The farmer could have said, you know what, he's telling me I have to be careful with how I cast my seed. My technique's all wrong. Maybe it was windy that day and I should have watched what I was doing. I've been so wasteful. Maybe the politician said, he's telling me I need to, to start a farm education program. We can call it FEP because you know how politicians love acronyms and programs and it'll be great and we can help these farmers be more efficient and, and it'll boost their, their produce sales and it'll boost my reelection campaign, maybe. And maybe the reporter said, you know what? That this is a story about the ongoing bird problem in a region. You know, these birds, these pesky birds are, are becoming an issue. All they're doing is eating up these farmer's seeds. And, and we're going to figure out a way that we can do this. We're going to run it at the 6 o'clock time slot. But you see, none of them could understand the power of the story without the key. And Jesus gives us the key in Luke 8.11. He says this. He says, the meaning of the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. So you miss this, you miss the whole meaning of the parable. The seed is is the word. You can't make the seed money. Sorry, prosperity gospel TV preacher that wants you to sow a $2,022 seed for the year 2022 so that you'll be blessed and, and profit and do all these great things. No, that's not what it means. Amen? Y'all scared me for a minute there. The seed isn't love. The seed isn't hard work. The seed is the word. And the thing about a seed is that there's things that are in, locked inside the seed that are just waiting to be planted in the right place so that it can be unlocked and the full potential will explode and produce what it was designed to produce. You see, the seed, the word has enormous power this morning. It creates, God spoke all of this into existence in the beginning. He said, let there be, and there was. You see, the word also exposes uh, in the Living Bible, Hebrews 4.12 says this, For whatever God says to us is full of living power, is sharper than in any sharpest dagger, cutting swift and deep into the innermost thoughts and desires with all of their parts, exposing us for what we really are. Wow. There's life and light. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were created that were created without him nothing was made that was with, that was made and in him was life and that life was the light to mankind faith comes by hearing hearing by the word there's transformation peter says that you have been born again not of perishable seed but of imperishable seed through what through the enduring word of god there's freedom he says that you will know the truth and the truth will Set you free. Anybody want to be free in the house this morning? See, there's things that are locked inside the seed. You see, you don't see a tree, but a tree's here. You don't see a grape, but a grape's here. You don't see 
corn, but a corn's here. It's all locked inside the power of the seed. And can I tell you what happens is when we submit ourselves and our hearts to the right things that God is trying to produce inside of us and the right soil at the right moment with the Holy Spirit raining down upon it, it'll break forth and produce good things in the life of the believer. Amen? So this parable is like a case study for your heart. It shows us four different types of soil, but the thing I need you to understand is that the productivity of the seed is dependent on the receptivity of the soil. The productivity that's locked inside this seed is dependent on the receptivity of the soil. Let's say it another way. The productivity of the word of God is dependent on the receptivity of our hearts. So if we could open you up this morning, as weird as that would be, and look at your heart, what would we see today? What would we see? We're going to look at each of these things. And there was a path that the seed was sown upon. There was rocks that the seed were sown upon. There were thorns, and then there was good soil. So let's look at these real quick. The path. It says, the farmer went out, sowed his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and it was trampled on, and the birds came and ate it. And then the explanation for this is in verse 12 that says this, those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes away and takes away the word from their heart so that they might not believe and be saved. Can I just Put a, put a little filler out there this morning. The enemy does not want you walking in God's truth because he knows that you are dangerous if the things of God get planted in the right place in your life. The enemy wants to snatch it away, but here's what happens. Here's what happens. I've got all kinds of seeds here. Here's what happens is when the, when the ground is like a path, you see, it was a path. It was a place where people walked, a place where people lived their lives. And, and as the seed was being scattered, it fell on these, these hard places. So my question to us this morning is this. What in life has made your heart hard? What in your life right now, in this season that you find yourself in and your family in, what has made your heart hard? Is it sin? Maybe it's just the, I've never seen a time when people are just like want to fight like I do right now. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, you've been in the drive-thru and somebody gets a straw left out of their bag and people are like, give me my straw. I was like, where's my straw? I mean, people are just like, anybody notice that? Am I the only one? There's like people are just like waiting for you to just to do something. Like cut me off and I'm going to like decapitate you. I mean, it's just like, I mean, people are just like, ah. So maybe it's just the outrage culture. Maybe it's just the times that we're living in that cause our hearts to be hard. Maybe it's life circumstances. Maybe you come out of an abusive situation. Maybe losing someone you love. Maybe you prayed for someone to be healed because they were sick with something and, and they passed away. And you find yourself angry at God. Why is your heart hard this morning? Why is your heart hard this morning? Jesus wants you to be free. 
He wants to set you free so that the word can penetrate. There's this beautiful scripture in Hosea chapter 10. It says this. It says, sow for yourself righteousness, reap steadfast love, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. You see, in the Old Testament, you know, and in farming, if, a, if, a, if ground had sat for any period of time, and, and I'm not a farmer, I'm wearing white tennis shoes. Let's be real, okay? Um, I, I, things come to my house to die, all right? That, this is, these came from my house. This came from the store, okay? That tells you, okay, just, just, just wanted to qualify uh, what I was saying. But how many of you know that when soil has set for a period of time, that it becomes crusty and dry and, and really hard, and the ground has to be turned. It has to be broken before things can penetrate it again. And Hosea is telling the people of God, he's saying, you've got to break up those hard places of your life so that the seed of God's word can penetrate so that it can produce something beneficial in your life because Jesus wants you to be free. The second place was the rocks. He sowed them among the rocks. And the beautiful thing I love about this story is that the seed is going forth to every place. If it was up to me, I would be like, not sowing there, not sowing there, not sowing here. Give me this. But not with God. God sees every heart in this room tonight, whether it's a, a hard place, whether it's a place like rocks or thorns or whatever. And he's like, give them the seed because he knows what's locked inside of it can transform our lives. Amen. So he sows among the rocks, and this is what he says. Some fell on the rock when it came up. The plants withered because there was no moisture. Those on the rocks were those who received the word with joy. When they hear it, they have no root, but they believe for a while, but then the time of temptation, they fall away. What is that thing that keeps tripping you up this morning? What's that one thing that you just can't seem to get over, to get past? That temptation that is constantly staring you in the faith in the face. What is that thing that keeps tripping you up? You see, this seed fell on the type of soil that germinated quickly because it was aided by the warmth of the rock, but it was hindered by the lack of depth and the lack of moisture. What is it that keeps tripping you up? 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this, no temptation is overtaking you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability, but when the temptation but with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. You see, the problem isn't that we're being faced with things that tempt us. The problem is that because of lack of depth, we aren't looking for God's escape route. And if we're not careful, today's temptations can become tomorrow's strongholds. And the enemy wants to lock you in and make you believe that there's nothing that can change about your situation and this thing that keeps tripping you up. It's hopeless. I don't know what it is this morning that keeps tripping you up. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe, maybe it's in a, in a bottle. Maybe it's on a screen on your phone. And you just can't get past it. Can I tell you that he can break strongholds in your life and that he's still in the stronghold breaking business for his people and his church. And all we need to do is submit ourselves to him so that the seed can take root so that transformation can happen. The thorns. He sowed among the thorns. This is what he said. He said, it grew up and choked the plants. 
The seed fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, pleasures, and they do not mature. What in your life are you allowing to passively remain that is actively choking the things that God is trying to produce? Like we, we know they're there. It's like these thorns. Me and my wife about got into an argument um, over, over this. We were back there clipping these and, and we brought them in the house to, to bring them to display here and, and they were sticking on everything and, and it's just like, we, we about literally about got in a fight. I'm like, just, just turn them here, just clip it there. Just, you know, and, and, and we about lost our marriage over some, a sermon illustration. That's funny, but isn't that how life is? Some of the simplest things, some of the smallest worries in life seem to be the things that can derail our faith quicker than anything. And God wants us to be victorious. You see, what are you actively allowing to remain that is choking out the things that God's trying to produce? He said it's cares and worries. One of the biggest things I see in our culture right now is comparison. It's killing us. Social media and people peering into the lives you know, you've heard it preached before. You've heard, I'm not saying anything that hasn't already been said. But we're looking at people's highlight reels and we're comparing our everyday lives to what other people are doing. Uh, it's not even reality. And, and we, we wear so much of that and we, it worries us because we feel like we're missing out. We feel like, you know, our job isn't good enough. We feel like our marriage isn't good enough. We feel like our kids aren't as good as their kids. We feel like all these different things and we worry and we stress we see the vacations they take. We're like, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, there's always that person that like one-ups you. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, we're going to Disney this year. And, uh, and they're like, oh, we're flying around the world on a Learjet with, uh, you know, with some family friends. You're like, oh, great. You know, wonderful. Thanks for making me feel terrible. And, uh, and, and but that's comparison. And we live our lives there. And I heard Tim Tebow in an, in an interview, and he said that, there's a statistic that says that 12% of our thoughts throughout a day are spent on what others have that we don't. We can't even see the things that God is trying to produce in our lives because we're looking at everybody else. And God is saying, clear this out. I want to produce something here. Get, get rid of this. This is, this is choking out the thing that I'm trying to do inside of you. Clear it away. The cares, the riches, the pleasures. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and these things will be added. See, we got to get our perspective off of what everybody else is doing, get our eyes off of social media, and get our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, because he is the only one that can restore things to their right order. He is the only one that matters in the first place. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And then there's the good soul. The soul that has been cleared of all, all things. It's been cleared of the rocks. It's been, it's been broken up. The ground has been turned over. The rocks have been removed. The weeds have been pulled out. And, and this is a soul that says, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to receive the thing that God has. But listen, to, look at verse 15. It says, but the seed on good soil stands for the noble and good heart who hear the word, 
who retain it and then by persevering produce a crop. You see, this, this soil is fertile, it's weed-free, and notice it says a hundredfold return. You know what that simply means? That simply means that the things that God is producing in your life are not from your own ability, not from your own giftedness, not from your own talent. God is saying the things that I'm going to do inside of you, there'll be no mistaking who gets the glory and who gets the credit because the product that I produce in your heart when everything has been cleared, there's going to be no no discrepancies and no, no um, I can't even think this morning, there, there, there'll be no uh, mistaking who did it? It's God. Amen? That was terrible. I'm sorry. Sometimes the words just don't come out, right? A hundredfold is God and not us. This is soil that's been cleared of obstacles and it's yielded to the sower and the seed. So why does it need to persevere? You say, by persevering, it produced this. Why does it need to persevere? Because even if you get here, even if you get to the place you say, you know what, I'm, 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 I'm doing the right things, I'm, I'm living my life, I'm trusting the Lord, I've, I've submitted myself, there, there's always a danger here. Like just because you get here doesn't mean that your heart can't get hard again. If we get to the place where we feel like we've got it all figured out and we're just going to wear our fruit badge on us, we're going to throw our fruit over our shoulder and we're going to walk around and we're going to say, man, look at me. Look at what I got going on. Look at this. Woo-wee, I got some fruit. Be careful. Because next thing you know, something will happen and at work. Somebody will get a promotion that, that you should have got. And all of a sudden, a heart becomes hard. Maybe it's something that happens and a temptation creeps in that you haven't dealt with in years. He says you got to persevere because you've got to guard against every one of these because at any time your heart can become hard, you can fall to temptation, and the worries and the stresses and the craziness of life can choke out the things that God's trying to do in your life. But why is this? Is this, is this just to say we've arrived just for our benefit? No, I'm going to give you just three quick truths about fruit, and then we're going to pray. The fruit that we have is not so that we can brag. But there's some truth that I found from a book about Dr. Tony Evans, and uh, I'm going to share these. These are his thoughts, and so, but I thought they were really good, and they applied to us this morning. But three truths of spiritual fruit we are trying to produce, that we're producing as Christians is this. Number one, fruit is always visible. Like you can't fake it. If God is producing something in your life, it is visible to those around us, right? The second thing is that that fruit doesn't consume itself unless it's rotten. I'll say that again. Fruit doesn't consume itself unless it's rotten. And then thirdly, fruit is always, always for the benefit of others. Always. He kind of wraps up this story in Luke 8, 16 through 18. He says this. He says, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar 
a clay jar, but puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see it. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought into the open. And then he says this. He says, therefore, consider carefully how you listen. By our careful listening, we receive revelation and illumination from the seed of the word of God that changes our lives. And it's likened them to a lamp. And he says, when, once you've been illuminated, once you've been brought into the, to the know, into the light, and you've experienced this goodness of God, this, this fruit, and you're growing in your faith, once you've experienced it, he says, doesn't stop there. You don't put this illumination under under a bowl and hide it. He said, you share it. There's people that, there's people out here that are struggling. There's people that you work with that their, their hearts are hard from sin and from brokenness and, and life. And they need to know what you know. There's people that they're dealing with temptations and the enemy has convinced them that there's no way out. And the Lord's saying, you gotta tell them. There's people that they're so worried. They're consumed with what's gonna happen over the next few months in our country and what's gonna happen to their job. And I was talking to a guy the other day and he said that his company's struggling a little bit and they may end up having to downsize and move his company to Charlotte. And he's like, I just don't know if I'm gonna be able to do that with gas the way it is. And people are worried and, and we have the answer. And he says, don't hide it, but share it. You see, every week y'all come in here and Matt and this team lays out a buffet. They throw seed out here, the word of God, the truth. And I know it's the truth. This is a Bible-believing, spirit-filled church that brings life to a region. And that starts at the top, amen? That culture starts with him. But it's not enough just to invite people to say, hey, come here, my pastor, he's great, and he is. I've listened to him many times. He's an incredible communicator of the gospel, amen? Y'all are like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's gonna be back next week. <laughs> but here's the thing, the thing that I'm kind of into right now is I love to listen to audiobooks, partly because I'm so ADD that sitting there actually reading a physical book is sometimes hard for me. All the ADD people said amen. And, but the thing I love the most about audiobooks is that I don't listen to an audiobook unless it is narrated by the author. Because there's just something a little bit different than Bob, the voiceover guy, reading someone's book than the guy that actually walked it out, that lived it out, that produced the fruit, that's researched the content, that did everything that he needed to do to produce that thing that he put in paper. Can I tell you there's a world that needs to hear the audiobook of your life that says, you know what? I know what it's like to have been here. 
I know what it's like to have had a hard heart. You know, before I met Jesus, my heart was hard. It was filled with sin. You know what? I've walked through what it means to, to deal with deep, dark temptations. I know what it's like to raise a family in the middle of a pandemic. And, and I've, I've navigated that. And you've got people over here that have walked in fruit and they can look at someone and say, you know what? It's, you're gonna make it. You've gotta surrender your life to Jesus because he wants you to be free. He wants you to be fruitful. And he wants your life to make a difference in this earth, in this moment. So if you're here, I'm gonna ask you to stand with me. I wanna pray for you, but I wanna give you an opportunity to come forward. Because like I said, the, the beautiful thing about casting seed is it doesn't matter what your heart looks like this morning. The thing that's inside of the seed can transform you. It can unlock things. It can, it can change the direction and the course of your life. So if you're here and life has made you hard, sin has hardened you, Jesus will meet you down here this morning. If you're here and you're dealing with something that keeps tripping you up, the Holy Spirit will meet you here this morning. If you're here and you're getting choked out by the worries of life, the Lord will meet you down here this morning. And if you're here, remember, it isn't about a, a badge. We need to remind ourselves we don't put it under a bowl. We don't put it as a badge that we've arrived. We go back and we say, you know what? There's hope for you. There's hope for you. There's hope for this world and Jesus loves you. So I'm gonna pray for you. And as I pray, if, if this is you, and you need deliverance and you need healing and you need to be set free, I want you to come to these altars. We're not gonna embarrass you, but I want you to connect with the Lord and leave this place free. Can we do that? Come, would you come? Jesus, thank you for your word. It is alive and it is powerful. It is true today. And Lord, I pray that as this room, there's so many different types of people here, Lord, that are dealing with different types of things, God. I pray that you'll meet them here right in the middle of it, Lord God. If their heart's hard, break that heart, Lord God. Bring redemption to that situation, Lord. If they're dealing with deep, dark temptations, Lord, if there's strongholds in their lives, Lord God, I pray in Jesus' name that they'll be set free through the power of your spirit. And Lord, I pray right now, Lord, if there's people that are dealing with the stresses and the worries and the cares of life, Lord, that you would free them of those things this morning. And Lord, if there's those that are producing fruit, God, remind us that it isn't that we can boast about what we've attained, but you've been so good to us that we don't keep it for ourselves, but we share it with a broken, hurting world. Thank you for moving in the hearts and lives of the people in this room today. For it's in Jesus' mighty name we ask it. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Venice Church Podcast. We hope what you have just heard has inspired you to live and love like Jesus. If you'd like to know more about Venice Church or to get further connected, we invite you to visit us at our website at venicechurch.net. We'd also encourage you to download the Vintage app. There you can find more resources about how to get involved and grow in your faith. You can access the Vintage Church app by going to app.vintagechurch.net. 
Thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your spiritual journey, and we hope to see you soon.